podcast with Mo. What up and welcome to episode 21, I think, of a podcast with Mo. Um, first thing I need to say is I got to shout out my patrons from patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo, um, which is my mother, Snappy, Travis Haynes, right there they are. Um, thanks again for being a better fan and all that shit. Everyone else, um, you should go join that shit and give me money. Also, people need to email me because it's the second week in a row. Maybe, we might have had an email last week. I don't really remember. I lose track of time, but I feel like we haven't had an email lately. Um, on this week's episode, we have Snappy, and then I'm joined by my wife as my second guest. Uh, me and Snappy talk about Thanksgiving, um, browning turkeys, Red Dead Redemption 2, poor people, child support, um, alimony, being sick. I talk about Hollow Knight, um, Satanists. Other random stuff. My wife comes on. Uh, I briefly bring up Ghost Bane, a TV show called Hip Hop Evolution. Uh, and then we just talk about a bunch of book shit. My wife has all these questions that have to do with books. At uh, first, I was like, this is going to be whack. But it turns out, wasn't too bad. So check that out. Um, thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, appreciated all that. What up? And we are joined by Snappy. Happy Thanksgiving. It is the day after Thanksgiving when we're recording this. In case anyone's curious. And I had a pretty good Thanksgiving. What about you? It was good. We went to the sister-in-law's and uh, I cooked the turkey, of course. And it was on point. I haven't had a dry turkey in over 12 years since I started taking over the t- cooking. Right on. And don't you do like the Creole injection or whatever? Yeah, I do the Creole injection, but I brine it overnight in a salt water, vinegar, and spice bath. Right. And uh, just an ice bath. Do you watch Bob's Burgers at all? Uh, when my wife's watching it. So, like, they're like the only modern day show that has good Thanksgiving specials. And it just reminds me of Bob. He, like, is all about brining the turkey, and that's his secret. Dude, and- it, it works. It makes that meat so tender and juicy. I know I've I swear by it. I started brining like chicken breasts. I'm gonna grill them and stuff like that. And whenever I started doing that, I looked it up and it like literally like molecularly changes the meat. Like it changes the shape of the meat at a cellular level to where it retains moisture better. That's awesome. Like there's more to it than just like oh you're putting a little water in it. It's like it's it's just crazy. And a hint of vinegar. Right. Yeah. So. That is cool. Um, I went to my wife's grandparents, uh, and they cook really good dressing. So awesome. that's always going to be good. They're, they're people that they like ham more than turkey on Thanksgiving, which I'm not saying you can't not like it better, but I'm just saying for Thanksgiving in particular, I just think turkey's the main thing. And if you want a ham, cool. I'm not against it. Well, but like ham's like a Christmas di- di- dish. Well, we ended opinion. up having both because the in-laws they swear that they don't they're not turkey people, but they're right. like, oh, you make such good turkey, right? You know, so, but they have to have their ham fixed. I got gotcha. you. And my wife and her family, they all just love ham. And me personally, I actually don't like ham that much. Just never have. Uh, like it's good on a sandwich. I like sandwich like a honeysuckle ham. You know, it's got a right. Flavor. But like when it's just like not even like I'm not, not even talking about just for Christmas. Just if like at any time if like ham is the main meat, I'm always like, oh, that's kind of a letdown. It's right. just lunch meat. That's what I always think. Now, I understand it's not, 
but pretty much the only way I enjoy it is ham steaks. Like, you fucking give me a ham steak with a little round bone in the middle, you know, it's like a big old fucking old Flintstone that's steak. That's like a side on a, that's like a main dish on a breakfast plate. Some yeah. Eggs and- sounds delicious. Uh, but in general, like, yeah, ham's not my favorite thing unless it's on a sandwich. And then they're all right. Um, but my wife went back down to see her family today because she just missed them so much. And that's the difference between her and me. Because I just, I do not have those moments of like, talk about my family specifically, where I'm like, oh, I just really need to see my family. Go say hi. We have dinner. Talk for just a tiny bit. And then I'm headed back to the house. Right. That's, uh, I mean, I, I, like saw, my house. I saw it. So I saw it. Uh, I don't see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I'm just a homebody, you know, introverted type of person. But even outside of that, I feel like a whole like, well, it's Thanksgiving. We should be at our own house tonight or like on Christmas Day. Like, I think this year uh, I'm going to have to go to one of her family's thing on Christmas Day. And in my thoughts, like, but we're a family, so we should just be at our house. Like, and to her, that's a crazy idea. But she don't think you've hit that uh, age mark yet? I guess not. Or maybe I guess if we had kids, it would. I could use that excuse. But I'm like, why does that have to matter? I just want to be at my own house on goddamn Christmas. So. I, but it always made me mad is because, you know, I come from split parents and step parents and all that. Is every freaking one of them would try to have their dinner at noon. Right. You know, like, come on, guys. Can one do noon, one do two? That way I can make them all. Right, well... Honestly, I don't, I don't have as much to complain about, given all the you know scenarios. But like the way it works, the line of thought, and some people out there might be able to get it, is so like it all starts with my in laws, in laws. So like my sister in law, my wife's sister, her in laws, you know, whatever they decide to do is then decides on which weekend or day my wife's family will do theirs to co- coordinate with them. Oh, they get first pick, huh? That seems Damn. to be, seems to be it. And then off that, I get told, oh, we're doing this. So then I get to tell my parents of like, oh, well, I guess we're doing this thing this day. So like I'm at the end of the line and at the end of the day, I just would rather enjoy my time off work and be at home right. and not on the road. So maybe that makes me a ball humbug sort of person, but that's just my you thoughts. You want to spend your moment. holiday on a road, right? No that's, one does. That's what I was. That's what I think. I mean, everybody started working around schedules now, but back when I was a kid, that shit didn't happen. Right. Well, we have a really big family, and I have like a big family on both sides in a way. Like, I'm not blood related to like hardly anyone I'm related to, if that makes sense. Um, and like for you, you know, the Mosiers, there's you know, our dads was there are eight siblings in that family. And they span 30 years between the eight of them. So who knows how many kids and grandkids each one of them had. No and shit. then they would all get together. And it was so many people that really was cool. I could say like hi to like the three people I wanted to talk to. And I'd sit in my little spot and eat fucking good food because they can cook. I mean, They can cook. So it would be great. And then my mom's family was similar. She's one of seven, including all of her step-siblings. And so it would be like all these fucking people and some of them liked me, some of them didn't, and I would eat food and be like, "All right, I'm going home." It's like I don't know. I always and I always lived in Warica, where we always held these events, and no one else did. So I just yeah. got to go home. <laughs> so yeah. it all worked out really I had well to make for me. Terrible drive <laughs> growing up. I did ride with you one time back uh, when I was in college to Warica. Yeah, you showed me this way around the lake. I probably won't remember it, but oh yeah, the Comanche Lake Road. Yeah. I go that way mm-hmm. every time. Um. 
All right. One thing I want to get to, because we're real into Red Dead Redemption, so I just want to get to it now before I forget about it. Um, I have settled, and I told you this earlier, I think I would give it like an 8 out of 10. It has gotten where it's kind of like some of the annoying parts of it are just still annoying, like some of the buttons and shit. Yeah, it's it's just all bunched on top of each other. Right, but it's still good, and they're still right. like, oh, it is good, but there are things where I'm like, oh, it could be better. Um, I don't know how many bounties I've got trying to run up and get on my horse and end up choking somebody out. Exactly. Stealing somebody else's horse. It's just, I don't understand how, like, triangles choke a bitch, and triangles also jump on your horse, but yet bitches and are by your horse all the time. I turn so. towards my horse, and he turns around and chokes this bitch. Right. <laughs> it's how it always happens. Um, but there's, I read this theory this morning, and I... Once I read, I was like, oh, my God, this is so accurate, and I can't believe I've missed this dialogue or whatever. But do you know who Jack's father is in the game? The little boy Jack. It's supposed to be John. Right, kind of. But so I didn't even pay attention to this shit. They basically talk about how Abigail, John's wife, was a prostitute that the whole gang had sex with. The whole gang had her because Dutch says we all had her, but John had to marry her. So therefore she got pregnant when the whole gang had her. And then John felt the one responsible to like, well, I'll marry her. And that's my kid. But your character of Arthur Morgan. Also, when you're talking to Jack goes, you don't look like a Marson. You look like a Squayla. And it turns out Javier is actually the dad. Probably. Cause if you look at a picture of red dead redemption one, from whenever you play as Jack Marson at the end of that game and you put a side-by-side to Javier, you're like, oh, my God, he's Javier's kid. And it's so cool awesome, that they planted, they put that whole little thing in there, and I just missed it until I read it. I was See, like, I uh, thought Arthur and Sadie were going to hook up. My wife's like, he's kind of sweet on Abigail. So she had the theory that Right, Arthur, and there are people that think that as well, that had that thought as well until you see a picture of Red Dead Redemption 1 grown-up jack you're like oh yep that seals the deal i feel like um but it's just interesting it adds another layer to john in a way right like he for whatever reason married her even when she got pregnant but i don't know it's just it's just more interesting more interesting story plot well it has a whole different take on jack yeah in the epilogues really yeah well i mean i'm at the point of story where where i remember because i played through that but then i went back like to 40% so I could get some stuff I couldn't do right. as a new character. I know, sorry if it spoils it for any of you. But anyways, yeah, I remember a light hair, light skin boy. He, you know I mean? In the second part. I mean, he has dark hair. That's what I thought in the first one. But I'm talking, it goes like six years later. and then uh, I see. Um, Yeah, I'm at the point in the story where like I just got him back or whatever, so... That's one reason I've I've recently like oh yeah this is what he looks like or whatever but look that up if um you've been playing that game and you're curious there's like you know YouTube videos explaining it and you're like oh my god sorry about the background noise I'm drinking these fucking Chinese monsters and I can't figure out how to make a top that's drinkable yeah I probably should pour in a glass I guess good lord I mean it's like this thing you move over and then this hole opens up but the hole's in the center of the can. The hole's never in the center of the can. It's further away from your mouth. So now it trickles down over this nasty-ass can. And so you have to fucking turn it up, straight up, vertical, above your head. Fucking idiots. Um, Okay, one thing I've been teasing for a month on this podcast is I was going to look up George Soros. And I did it this morning. I spent a good hour or so on YouTube 
I looked up some like, you know, BBC news videos, some conspiracy theory videos, some just lifestyles of the rich and famous sort of thing. Like try to get a good collection of George Soros shit because I didn't want it to be too super biased, right? And I honestly went into it with like a thought of like, I'm not going to believe anything that's said. I just need to know what his image is so I can understand who this fucker is. I just don't know. I didn't know anything about him. Um, here are my notes I took down. He is Jewish, but only ethnically, like not religiously. Like they're not practicing Jews. I don't think he ever has been for his whole life. I don't know if that matters, but they made a point of that in one video. But also people call him a Nazi. So I think it's weird, but it's like he was a Nazi who was also Jewish. So that's just a weird thing when people are making, you know, going at him. And also this isn't just Southern Americans. Like I was under the impression it's just all these rednecks being all pissed about some Jewish guy. And I don't, but it's actually like people all over the world. Like he's from Hungary, but now he's an American citizen. And even in Hungary, they think like he's doing all this behind the scenes shit. And there's all these countries that are like, it's all because George Soros. Now, admittedly, sometimes he does do shit. Like he spent like a billion dollars in the elections of some little ass small country, but only because another billionaire spent over a billion dollars on another candidate and they're fighting over the rights to these iron mines. I'm not saying that's right to do, but at least he was like upfront about it. So I'm just saying a lot of things that set up was he was a pretty upfront guy. Man, how, much, how much money were them iron mines going to produce? I know. I was watching. I'm going to drop a billion dollars. That must be a hell of a return. I know it. It was crazy, but at least I. My thought was like, well, it seems like he doesn't do secretive shit. Like that was just my thought. Like all the theories you hear is like secretly George Soros this. I'm like, from everything else I've seen, this guy's pretty much on front street of like I'm willing to spend my money on things I believe in, and he is against communism and socialism. Because he's like, he fought communism in all these countries because they blame him for taking down their communism. And he made his money through capitalism. So I'm sure he is a capitalist. So I think a lot of times people do just attack him because he's an easy target to use and he is involved in politics. But I didn't see anything of like, he runs the world. It's just he does put a lot of his money in the shit. What I'd heard, and I don't like to say there's no factual backing, but was like he owned like 80% of the world in businesses and shit. No. Of course, when you looked it up, you said it wasn't that. No, he's the 29th richest person in the world last year in Forbes. That's what it was at. Now, he has this like legendary thing where he broke the British banks. Where back in the day, the British banks were based on, they were trying to move off of silver, kind of the way we moved off of gold to, uh, like, we're worth what our economy's worth, sort of bullshit that we do now. I, I think they know something similar, and he realized that they were there was a weakness to where if they fucked up, if he bought all this silver, he was going to make a bunch of money. So he just started stocking up, and then that day came, and then he quote-unquote broke the British banks because they had to come to him for all this silver in which he got this crazy return and made a bunch of money. I bet. But he pitches it so as, I'm fucking smart. If and, he's running the banks, he is running the country. Right. Well, he, they had to come to him and give him enough money at that time. But he now just goes around fucking throwing his money everywhere of what he wants to have done. But he's for like progressive, somewhat liberal ideas of like, like he's 100% for migration because him as a Hungarian immigrant during World War II who is Jewish is like, you should be able to move where the fuck you want to move. And he will put any amount of money into anything that's for that. So the migrant caravan, people are like, George Soros is funding it. Well, just uh, maybe. I don't know. Instead of saying he's funding it, if he really wants to fund it, just 
buy all their citizenships. I don't know if you can just buy it, but I, I mean, I don't they got to take tests on like certain amount of English or something like that. Right, but, but they don't have to be a, a bug. He seems to be like another thing he does is like you know prosecutors in counties all over America how those aren't they have like actually more power than a lot of elected officials. Like because if a prosecutor is like we're just not going to go after this person, they can just make that choice. Right, like the prosecutor in our county could single handedly right now say marijuana is not illegal, isn't illegal here because i'm not prosecuting anyone like they could say that so not, he's <laughs> actually right now putting a bunch of money into prosecutors that are liberal and they won't put people in jail so like his biggest thing lately seems to be prison reform where he wants to like get drug users out of jails and trump is also on that same boat right now he's wanting to pass his prison reform so i'm like at this exact moment they have similar interests there needs to be prison reform there does so Especially I don't know. in Oklahoma. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's, like I said, just real out, out front with, yeah, I'm going to put money into some shit and people don't like it. And if he's not for your side, you're going to say, and if you're against money in politics and you know, like why it was on here and he said, I don't like George Soros putting money in politics because I don't think anyone should, then yeah, you should be against him. Uh, but I think the case could be made. He's just silly. He's, he's thinking he's playing the good fight, right? Like, well, I'm doing the right thing with my money. But yeah, he seemed, uh, have a lot of same traits as Donald Trump, of at least the myth of Donald Trump that he had all this money and then he made it into more money. Like George Soros really did do that in a pretty successful way. So anyway, that was what I I found out about him in my brief brief search for an hour. Um oh yeah, my favorite news story of the week, and I really hope you saw it, was there was this Christian missionary in India, I believe. And there's these little islands, I didn't know about this until now, um, off of India where, like, native tribes live, right, that, like, no one fucking talks to, like, they're isolated. And you don't go there because they'll throw spears at you and kill you. And this Christian missionary fucking broke all these laws to get snuck on this island, and they've arrested the seven people who helped him do this, uh, got on the island, and they killed him with spears because that's what they do on this fucking crazy place. And now some Christian groups are wanting the UN or whoever to get involved and punish this tribe of people who have no contact with the outside world. When I'm like, well, I think this guy knew his, and apparently they found this guy's diary. He wrote, he knew it was all illegal, but he was just going to show him Jesus. And then he got killed by this crazy native tribe. And I just think it's a fun story. My favorite of the week, because it's such like a, I didn't know there were fucking tribes still today that didn't have contact with the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, I don't know if you saw uh, that at well, all. Well, I mean, if he knew the risk, then there's no more issues. That's how I if saw it's it, like, too. like, okay, I mean, hell, I don't go in certain parts of the neighborhood because, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, they're like, hey, it's bad over here, and I just don't want to fucking put myself in there. Right. Why risk it? I mean, I know, but if I cross that line and I'm doing this, I know what's more than likely going to happen because they're not going to understand your language. Yeah. And they're not going to break their rules because some fucking stranger decided to be a hillbilly and, hey, let's go. Right, and I apparently mean, I, he got... I disagree with the, with the man this time. Sorry, Christian groups, you're out of luck. Right, well, and I think when I read about how, like, he kept a diary and how he had to find all these people to, like, sneak him there, I was like, oh, yeah, he for sure knew. It wasn't like I accidentally went to this place. Or Dude, whatever. I would have, like, sent someone that had been there and been like, can you ask him if I can come over? That had been a... Right. But they'd probably say no, and then I just left it alone. Or at least go in there armed, something. Um, another small 
news story this week. There hasn't been a lot of news about it yet, uh, but I'm sure eventually there will. But Ivanka Trump has been using a private email server. No one on Fox News or conservative-wise that wasn't mad about Hillary Clinton's private email server for government business seems to care about Ivanka Trump doing the same thing. And then that's about where the news story's at. I haven't heard much else besides that. I've seen one clip of it come by. I'm like, well, if you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to. Right. Now, I said, I think when me and Powell first started this podcast, uh, the idea that the people in the White House now aren't using private email servers, y'all are idiots, because it's been reported that they had been when they first came in the office, and I don't think they just thought much of it. I don't think Hillary thought much of it. Now, people are saying, well, Hillary did it on purpose because she's a liar, and Ivanka didn't know. Like, that's more or less the her I think the after defense. the Hillary story, everybody would know. That's what I, I agree. And I even like Ivanka Trump. But I don't know against her. Uh, I think as far as that administration goes, she seems to be the coolest. Um, but maybe she's just dumb. I don't, I don't, I don't really know much about her. Uh, but yeah, I just think that that's the biggest thing is you can't do that if you know. You can't just sit there and yell about it's Hillary Clinton. It's kind of like Clinton. the Christian guy. He knew the rules. Right. You know the rules. You know the rules. You get fired. Yeah. Fuck. It's basically the same thing. I got fired because I broke a rule one time, and guess what? I left. Yeah. I didn't throw a fit. I knew what had happened. All right. I have a question for you, and I realized because I wrote this down, this one question, and then I was like, man, it could be taken so many ways, but I'll see if I can get it across the right way. I don't get the whole the poor people that don't work, but everything's handed to them narrative in the sense of, I literally don't get how it works. So like, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but in my mind, this, I go, all right, like say me and my wife don't have a job. Where do who starts giving us money? Like, I just don't get how it's like all these people, no jobs, the government just fucking giving them money. I'm like, how much money they give you? How does that just all work? I t- in my mind, it just doesn't make sense. So that's where I guess when people say it, because I saw it a lot this week for whatever reason, and I was just like... It's uh, not really money. It's like, okay, here's a food stamp card. Right, and food stamps are dope. And I get then that. they sell their food stamps for like half the price or something like that. And someone uses their card, they give them their pen and hand the card back and pay them like 60 bucks cash for $80 worth of groceries. Yeah, but that's not shit. I mean, that, that ain't much. Let's see, there's that, and then, okay, here's where they get the money, and they get these little rundown houses that are about ten grand, right. or a trailer house, or, you know, cheap houses. And they have three or four kids usually, right? And in the stereotype, okay, you get, so they're getting back about nine grand in taxes each year, not paying anything in, and they're living off that nine grand because they got a, you know, $150 right. house payment. I totally get the taxes. The taxes so, is one thing where I'm always well, like, That's what? where they're getting free money. Okay, so we can say the taxes thing, but even then, they're not like fucking living it up off that. Hell no, they ain't living it up. But I mean, and I, I, I just think the idea is people are always like fucking living it up with your fucking off the government. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I mean, just don't see. Hell, those I thought it'd be nice to be off work, and now I've been <laughs> off work since July, and I'm fucking hell no. Right, I got to get up and do something, man. Well, just being off my feet, even, I, I couldn't do it. Even whenever you like, and when you don't have a job, it's not even just the fact that you aren't making money but also you're not you're spending so much more when you're at home it seems like like at least when you have a job you're somewhere for however many hours a day to not spend money like you you're not able to spend money while you're at work so that helps you out there um i noticed that whenever i didn't have a job then on top of that if they're single they get that child support too and yeah. so they're living off child support and taxes, and then therefore they could be living it up just as good as me. Right, but child support is not taxes. Child support is not from the government. Child support is whoever 
has a kid with them and has to pay is giving. It's like coming from their check. So that's not like a living off the man. So, I mean, we have family that have, you know, disabilities, child support and stuff like that. And I, I get how that works, but those are never like glamorous Just the figures scenarios. they do for child support. It don't take as much as they think it does. Right. You're already going to have a house payment. You're already going to have a car payment. You're already going to have that. It don't take no thousand dollars or his kid. I'm sorry. It does not. It doesn't have to. You're right. I agree. But as someone who lived through the whole, I still have a guy who owes my mother child support from when I, and I got adopted when I was five years old. Just my mind always goes to, yeah, but these fucking dudes just fucking run off and don't pay any money. And then I think the good dads have to end up paying up, making up for the well, shit dads. I never had that option. They're just like, okay, you're up to date. Uh, here we go. We're going to take it out of your check. And I, I don't know. I, he, didn't, I didn't have no option. He t- currently still owes my mom money, but he gets finds a way to get paid underneath the table somewhere where they don't tax it and they don't well, take it. If they want to dig old dad up, I mean, he's still behind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, just, so, it is what it is. To my thought, I'm just, I kind of just side on the like, well, yeah, the woman needs money. I think they should have to prove receipts, though. Maybe. I don't know. I that, mean, if that's they're getting that much money for a kid, come on now. I think you're talking about like they're an not, athlete they're not, scenario. They're not spending $1,000 a month on that child. And they're sitting on their ass. So it's very unfair system. But and the money's can, not for the kid. The money is for the no, parent. No, the money is for the kid. The parent to decide how they raise the kid. Like, it isn't like they when they take when they assign you your money, it's not like and this is for diapers and this amounts for this. They don't do that. They do it off a percentage. So like now their percentages are outrageous, is what I'm telling you. Well that's well, that's another argument, but this I don't think anyone needs receipts. Like if you make less money, they get less money. If you made more money, they get more I know, money. But why go bust your ass for something? So the on your receipt ass. idea doesn't make sense because that would be it would vary. You couldn't make that I mean, I've never been behind on a child support payment. I don't even have child support these days. Right. But as someone that's never been behind, I can say that they got way too much and the other person never had a job. There's some very unfair shit going on here. Right. It's like a weird, there's an alimony built into it. And I understand from like a sense of like, there's some sort of sexism built in. Right? I know sexism is like probably the one area I don't get as well. But there's some idea that, you know, your ex-wife gave up her prime years to get into a good career by having your kids. So now you better pay her money because she couldn't get that job she would have got if you didn't knock her up. Like there's some idea to that of that's why it's so much money. I'm not saying it's correct, but Uh, it's very incorrect to someone who's experienced it. Right. It's kind of like alimony, like someone like a professional, like if LeBron James, I don't think he'll ever divorce his wife, right? They've been through a whole lot together forever. But if they did, she wouldn't get so much money in alimony, even after the kids were 18 and all that stuff, because she could say I was with him from when he was 18 years old until he was 30 something years old. I gave up the best years of my life to where I could have made something of myself to support him and his dream. He better give me millions okay, of dollars. Okay, but when they get those millions of dollars, do they go make something of themselves? Hell no. They sit around and spend. But why would you? You already got millions but of that, dollars. That, that was the argument you just No, had. the argument is if you could turn back time and she had those years back, she could have done something. But she That's not the same as saying I can now. But she would not have made that amount of money. I guarantee but it. I guarantee it. I'm, guarantee it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying the argument being made is if she can go back to 18, redo it all, she could become famous on her own right and make her own money and wouldn't need him. So since he fucked that up by her supporting him, that's what they always say. Hell, she struck the lottery when she got with LeBron. Right, like Paul McCartney's that was, was a That was her lottery ticket. Right. And again, they're not getting divorced. That's completely hypothetical. But like Paul McCartney's was a thing, like when he got divorced, his wife would be like, well, if it wasn't for me being at home, he wouldn't have made that much money. And me being like, you didn't fucking write any songs. What are you talking about? 
but that's how that's just the argument. That's just how it goes, and they always win. I, I disagree with that system, <laughs> all of it. I don't think you should get what you haven't earned or worked for. Like if I get back more money than I paid in taxes, I I'm happy to get it, but I don't feel like I earned it or deserve right. it. Right? It would be weird. Like I think of like if my wife, let's say, wrote a book, was fucking super huge bestseller and made a bunch of money, and then she went to divorce me. And then me be like, well, you better give me that fucking money for that book you wrote. I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, you wrote that book. That's wa- all yours. I would want enough to, to live and not leave me behind in bills, but I wouldn't want their success. I mean, let them, come on, man. Let them have it. All right. So I don't know. It's a weird world. And I, I'm sure it's all how we're differently raised as genders and our male privilege. Uh, okay. I was sick this week. Uh, last time I saw you, I was like kind of sick. And then after you left, I got a fever, and I was, like, real fucking sick. Recorded with Curtis, and I thought I was feeling better, but then after he left, I was still sick. I was pretty much sick him until Tuesday. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit better now, but what I've noticed is my wife got sick after I got sick. And I'm sure this is just what happens with families and couples and everything forever. But it's, it's a bitch of a situation when you get sick and you're like, oh, you're going to get sick in a couple of days, and then she did, and then well, she got sick. Man, okay, here's here's the deal. When I get sick, I go to my room. I want nothing to do with anybody. Right. Why, right, y'all quit coming in here? Y'all leave me the fuck alone? I, sorry, wife. My wife and my oldest daughter, when they get sick, they want to come sit in your lap and lean on you. I, mean, I guess they need the cuddling or whatever, but... right. You're sick. Get the fuck away from me. Right, yeah. I I mean, that's how it all gets spread. Because my son little, does it to my wife, and then my wife gets sick, and then one of the other kids gets sick. Right. It's a little different for me and my wife because it's just us two here. Uh, but I was just, like, fucking freezing my ass off, and I turned on a heater and was, like, piled up in blankets. And I didn't see her for 12 hours while she was putting up Christmas decorations. And then when she finally came to bed, she's like, oh, you're really sick. And I'm like, yep. Oh, uh, well, I puts me in a bread, uh, a bedroom with that a can of uh, disinfectant spray. Right. And I just spray every now and then. Yeah, I guess that's I what hate, did. I hate the flu. I, when I was in the hospital this last time, they're like, have you had the flu shot? And I'm like, no. And they said, do you want it? And I said, no. Guess what? I got a flu shot. Yeah. I, 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 they, they, they thought I needed it. I guess. This is the first year I haven't got a flu shot. First year I have. And I normally don't mind it. And people are always like, it gives you the flu. And it's actually not quite the way it works. But they do just kind of have to randomly pick the strain they think is going to be popular that year to block against. And like last year, they didn't pick right. So if you got one last year, it probably didn't do much for you. Um, But normally they do pick right, I think. But anyway, being sick just sucks. I just want to bring that up. Because that's been on my mind all week. <laughs> Being sick does suck. You don't even feel like doing anything. Right. Even, I know sitting down playing a video game or anything ain't really doing anything, but you're focused in your mind, and that's what you're focused on. Right. Well, when I first and, got to St. Denis and Red Dead Redemption 2, I was sick, and that it's so crowded, and your horse runs over people, and I kept getting bounties, and I was just like, I hate this game. Oh, uh, yeah, because uh, there will be nobody on the street. You start riding your horse in San Denis, guess what? Everybody's got to cross the street right then. Right, and so, so a mixture of that frustrating part of that game mixed with me being sick was like, I'm just not playing this so game So what I do now is I set a waypoint, <laughs> Yeah, and I cinematic mode through town. Yep, I do the same thing. It does that in every freaking town, though. Don't ever start a war at Butcher's Creek. I got a bunch of fucking hillbillies over there. And I shot one, and then I got them all killed, and here come ten more. I get them all killed, and here come ten more. They just never quit. Finally, I just went out and let them shoot me and moved on. 
It's all because I accidentally ran over one of their fucking chickens. Oh. I was riding out of town, and these chickens <laughs> want to fucking go and fly across the road, and one of them flew up and hit the side of my horse, fell over dead, and they all come after me. Man, I get more angry when I'm just fucking, and it, it always happens in cinematic mode, really. I'm, like, riding my horse, and then I'll wreck into someone else on their horse, because I'll be going fast as fuck. Like, I'll hit the button a bunch right. to make me go real fast, and I'll just crash into them, and then they'll pull out guns, and all of a sudden, I'm like... Looking up in cinematic mode, and I just wrecked my horse, and fucking guns are firing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Man, when I thought cinematic was, you know, all all secure and shit, <laughs> right. I know I'd hobble my ass in the bathroom, come back, and I was getting eaten by a cougar and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I learned my lesson. This is the way it works. Um, all right, speaking of video games, I bought another, I bought two games this week. One I've played uh, so far, which I you saw me play earlier, which is a game called Hollow Knight. And it is really fucking dope. I think the art style is just really fucking cool. It reminds uh, me of the Mario worlds and shit. Right. Well, it's like a platformer, probably closer. Like the Castle worlds, man. Right. It's probably closer to Castlevania than as far as Super Nintendo games go. Or like Metroid. Where like you have like a little sword, so you're hitting yeah. people. I mean, I played a few fighting games, and I was like all football. Right. Even the Montana games sucked. I hated those. Oh, you didn't like the Joe Montana? I hated football? the Joe Montanas. They I had it on Sega Genesis. And I so I just it. I just kept on with Tecmo Bowl and NBA Jam and I, I had Tecmo Bowl. I think it was a game called Double Dragon on the Sega. Yeah, I mean, I had I think it was Super Nintendo. I might have had it on Sega too, but yeah, Double Dragon's well known. Um, but yeah, this game I guess uh, I would compare it to a Castlevania type game, and right now it's seven dollars and fifty cents on PlayStation Store. That's why I got it because I was like, oh, it's half off and it looks cool. And it's like all hand drawn little people and shit. But anyway, it's just that's, real fucking cool. That's what my son does. Is he say my brother's like, how's he get so many games? You ain't got no money. I'm like, that's all him. Right. He saves his lawn mowing money or whatever. And he'll buy him some cards and he'll just have it on his Xbox for when a game comes on sale. And he's like, boom. Right. And your yeah, your oldest son would definitely enjoy this game. Oh, I he think, would because uh, I've seen some of the games he plays. I think me and have have similar taste in our weird game. Yeah, he likes to listen to the podcast as well. Oh, right on. We'll check out Hollow Knight and. Uh, I don't know if I'll beat it. It's kind of hard, a little too hard for me, probably. Mainly because I am i don't really play Metroidvania games, so I don't understand the map. I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I think that way is open, but I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll get better at it eventually. But it's been a good break from Red Dead because it right. looks so much different. Right. That, like, it's not, whereas if I went from Red Dead to, like, another third, per, like, third-person action game, I'd be like, oh, well, it's, like, the same topic game or like i wouldn't go from red dead to mafia you know or whatever i that would be weird in case um, any of you listeners are wondering why i let my 15 year old listen to my podcast is because i don't really have any secrets with the dude that's good i mean my kids it's like they know who i am they know what i stand for they know the bad habits i have they know the shitty shit i've done in college about that I, bank you robbed no i didn't uh, rob no banks <laughs> and i stole some fire extinguishers one time <laughs> you know but uh they know about that shitty shit and i was like oh, i was a dumbass I'm right like, don't be like me be better than me Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they know what's up, and I teach them how to handle situations. And just because they hear a cuss word, they don't mean that that person believes in the devil or shit. That just means they like getting excited about their words. And they might believe in the devil. I well, think Satanists, it don't matter. Satanists are so funny to me. Uh, I've just been thinking about it more and more since talking about how they're suing Netflix or whatever right, for yeah. the use of their... I think we talked about that last time. Yeah, and it's just a funny idea that they were... They're like me. So, like, I always talk about how when I was growing up, I couldn't like Michael Jordan, right? I'm like, fuck Michael Jordan. He's too good. And I was like that about a lot of things. And these people were like, you know what? 
We like the devil. We don't even like God. The devil's our favorite. Let's make a religion for that. Right. And again, I thought they were like the flat earthers. And there's some other things like the flying spaghetti monster, as Lee stayed satire. But like, <laughs> I, I think that like flat earth people and Satanists, it started off of them as making a joke. Huh. Right. I wonder if Satanists can be uh, linked to right wing. Maybe. On the right hand of God, what? I don't fucking know. He was an angel, though. <laughs> I don't remember any of that shit at the moment. Um, and if I, I'll probably be wrong, and Rusty will ride in, and it'll be a whole thing. Um, Damn, Snappy, you was all wrong on that. <laughs> right, and he's going to correct you on your Bible learning. Um, but yeah, it's like Flat Earthers, you know, I, I truly believe when it started on the internet, it was a joke. It was a bunch of right, like fucking trolls on the internet being like, this is funny. We're all going to just keep hopping it up. Right. But then eventually you get like 10,000 dumbass guys on the internet that are like, yeah, I believe this. And then they ruin it, right? They ruin what was such a good thing. And I just think that happens all the time on the internet to where people I, just will believe your dumb shit. Kind of like you you didn't like Michael Jordan because he was the greatest at the time, da da right. da, da da and you just... You couldn't roll with the best. Right. It's like these people just want something different to believe in. Exactly. Exactly. I think that is pretty much it. And I think, and I think part of it's like even libertarianism, right? Like I like libertarian viewpoints and stuff. And I like to vote for them. But I think there is an aspect of it where it's just not a Republican or Democrat. So fuck oh, you. Well, right? me and my wife spent some time researching them and we would read through all of them on different sites of course because right. you got to get different viewpoints and we would pick the one and we had republicans democrats and independent liberals all on our rally right so i'm a cherry picker get over it yeah i mean i think that's what I you should that's what do voting's about right well i like this issue i don't like that issue we just shouldn't have two parties we should have like 30 fucking parties and then there should be like who the fuck knows who's up for whatever? They should be like NBA teams, and who right. knows who's on the all-NBA team this year? Because who, who knows what team did well? Like, it's just weird that it's always the two people. I just don't think that, as people, we should be that devoted against everybody else's opinion. They're like, okay, they have a cool opinion. Right. But, I mean, I don't chair, I don't prefer, prefer that, but I'm not going to attack them for having that see if we could just come together more and it's like okay i'm right you're left we can't be friends i mean right well i really wish i remember the guy's name he's a politician in oklahoma and him and obama got into the senate together at the same time you know obama's super left this guy's from oklahoma super right and they're like best friends outside of politics they have lunch once a week like still or whatever and you just wouldn't guess it because he gets on fox news and starts fucking you know, Democrats, liberals, this. But then when you have an interview, he's like, oh, I love Barack. You know, we're great well, friends. And you're like, that's cool. What? Why can't you be like that on TV? Though, <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's, right. it's like everything is so combative. Yeah, it is strange. Well, we looked it up and, uh, you know, at the top of the ballot, it has that vote Republican. Yeah. Vote Democrat. Over 30 percent of Oklahoma. Just check that box. Yeah, that's I thought that's what I'd read, too. Um and there are plenty of races decided by less than 30%. Right. <laughs> so I mean, if who the 30% knows how it had it done that and actually chose. Right. Who knows I mean, what could happen? Because if you actually had looked them up, you could be like, man, this guy, hell no. Right. Um, and then Curtis, you know, was on last week. He loves the local politics is what we're learning here. So he will appreciate all that shit. So do you have any questions about his pig story? No. I <laughs> okay. I, I, I was laughing because I read on Facebook and it pretty much – Matched up that everybody was trying to catch this pig and it was pissing him off. Right. You know, and it, it was cracking me up. 
All right. I thought we was friends on Facebook, but I guess he changed his Yeah, name. now it's named like Curtis, Curtis B.R. Beart. Yeah, something like that. But I guess we're not friends anymore. He, I, was going to con- I seen a pig picture, and <laughs> they was soaping it up, and it made it look like a fucking unicorn. I was going to tag him in it. Right. But, you know. Uh, yeah, he had to get a new one because he got his other one banned or some shit. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so something fun that's happened in the last few days, and I'm going to show you all the videos when we get done here, so you'll know afterwards, I guess. Um, there's another rap beef. I love the fact that the rap world is like embracing rap beefs again. But like, okay, so I was trying to explain this to my wife, and you'll remember this, I'm sure, a little at least, is the Jay Z and Nas beef that was like old school in a way. And so it was like Ice Cube and NWA, same sort of idea. It took months to get a response because you had to like go to the studio, you had to record it, they had to fucking get it pressed on a CD, wait till your album came out. Whereas in in, in modern day. The thing that's, I think, the best about these modern-day rap beefs is, like, if you don't respond in a couple days, you lost. And it's so different. Whereas in, like... I mean, how many of these guys just got shit on the side that you were sitting there thinking, writing it, they hadn't put in production yet, and be like, I could take that. Well, I I think there's probably certain people that have bars ready to go for all the big guys. I bet Eminem does. Or I bet he could just spit out anything. Maybe. I think I he don't could, know how it works in a rapper's mind. Right. See, he I would seems like he could look at the fucking ocean view and fucking spit out a rap. For instance, like if I was Kendrick Lamar right now, I would have a song ready to go against Drake, against Eminem, against everyone who might talk some shit because you're, you know, you're kind of a big deal. I don't think that would be weird. But so the new one is um and I could be totally wrong. So Tory Lanez is a guy who I think of as an R&B singer. But I also think it was back in the day before Drake blew up, he was like a singer that rapped, right? And you were like, oh, that's cool. He can he can rap too. That's that's really cool. And then Drake blew up and kind of stole that spot as the like crossover rapper, singer guy, right? And Tory Lane just never really blew up after that. But he's still around. He'll make songs here and there. I never really thought he was all that great, if I had to be honest. Now, Joyner Lucas... Is like one of my new favorite dudes. Like everything he puts out, I'm like, I fucking like this guy. He was on that Eminem song uh, that had the video and shit. I think you watched it over here with me. Um, but anyway, Tory Lane said something of like, well, Joyner Lucas couldn't go bar to bar with me. So then they quickly have now each put out two diss songs in the last few days, going back and forth at each other. And each one's amazing. Like, it's not like, oh, this dude's squashing this dude. Like, each one comes out, and they're going hard, and they're Hell fucking yeah. making fun of each other, and it's just good. Like, right. it's there's nothing negative to say about it. Um, so, anyway, I've just enjoyed it sure a lot. Sure you ain't got something negative to say about that? Negative, yeah. I saw where Taylor, who's been on our podcast before, was saying he felt bad for the neck guy, right, um, On from the memes, because he must, you know, you know, everyone making fun of him for his neck. But to me... That's not an accidental, I was born this way, Nick. That's a, like, get swole in the well, weight room, and that's all you focused on. Exactly. Exactly. He did uh, that shit. This dude put out a video. Did you even click on it? Um, probably not. He was trying to talk, and me and my wife were like, what's this motherfucker saying? Couldn't understand a word. And you look in the comments, they're like, dude, it can't make it up through past his throat. <laughs> I mean, this dude, you couldn't understand. He's already been arrested again. I saw that. I saw but a second. He put time. out a video in response to people making fun of his neck. I couldn't understand a word. Yeah, uh, I was going to tag you and see if you could decipher it for me. Yeah, I don't know uh, his whole backstory. I know he's been like been arrested or whatever. And I don't think that should matter or whatever. But 
My thought was just like he did that to himself. Like you don't make fun of somebody who doesn't have an arm, right? Because chances are they didn't cut it off themselves. You know, something happened to them. But when someone does that to themselves, like that's why you can make fun of a big muscular guy and you can't make fun of a fat person. The the infamous V-Man. Right. Yeah, you make fun of all that stuff. Um, Anyway, a little off off track there. Let's see if I got anything else before we fucking wrap this shit up. Um, Oh, yeah, everyone, look up fucking Tory Lanez, Joyner Lucas, Beefs. Rap battles, they're great. Um, Not Maria once on the podcast. Yeah, my dog is uh, fucking probably hungry. That's still early, dog. Tell him hi. Um, All right, my last thing I had on my list is something that I get really annoyed at lately, and I I have a math degree, so I know I know a little bit more about math than the average person, but when people use the word calculus instead of calculations – so, like, it's similar to I get really annoyed when people use the word idea instead of idea because I'm like – and that's even a redneck thing. I will say I get more annoyed when people say ideal instead of idea because that's just the wrong word. And so this is the same thing. People are like, well, by my calculus, that's this. And I'm like, well, calculus is actually a study of math. It's like a fucking class you take right. in college. You mean by your calculation? Why do you keep saying calculate? Like, it sound people just sound fucking stupid. Man. It's the fucking King James English. I guess so. <laughs> you know what I mean? And hey, the, why did it have to make it so fucking hard? Uh, Because it's just a mishmash of all kinds of shit. But, if it was Old English, it'd be easy, but it's there's French and Spanish and Latin and everything's thrown in. Well, we seem in. to do good with our own adjectives. Fuck, shit, damn. Right, those are Old English. See? That's, if we went back to it, but if you try to read a book in Old English, you'd be like, this is fucking bullshit. Upon the... Right, fucking, yeah, I think the Bible, I was saying this the other day, like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what the Bible meant was, what the Bible meant was. How do you know? Well, there's that, but I'm like, well, then just fucking write that book. Go write the book about what it meant. Right. Why why do we keep reading this one, then? Well, that's his interpretation. (laughs) Right. So, that'd be 173 new religions now. Right. I mean, there are like 5,000 fucking religions, and they all think they're the one, the one truth. And all I know is everyone's wrong, including myself, which would make a kind of a. I like the multi-universe theory my daughter was telling me about. I kind of like that idea. There's just multiple universes. That's like when you die, you start over in a new universe type deal. It was a real big theory. Was... Um, I think that's cool for a book or for that would like be a video cool to live, game. Like die from this one. Let's go fuck Mars up. Well, for right, a bit. but right. if that was the case. Well, there's two things. Obviously, it's you don't keep your memories because you don't have memories right. of your last life. So there, you can never prove or disprove it. So I guess it makes it easier there. Um, but I thought I think reincarnation always is something that sounds cool. But until you're like, wait, you don't remember anything, then what does it matter? So then you're just a recycled soul. And then what is? Who cares? Recycle. I don't know. Maybe I get some better toes. Maybe you can't be that much worse. <laughs> so I think you can only go up. <laughs> I was explaining to my in-laws your foot, and it's really hard because they did not want to see a picture. Uh, and I was you just private to, message them on Facebook, <laughs> and they have to open it. And I, so I was trying to just describe using my hand of like the way your toes were bent. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, y'all. Well, you just point your pointer finger over across yeah, your other. one. That's what I was doing. And you'd be going, they're like hammer toes. I go, no, I wouldn't call them ha- hammer toes. Hammer toes are the ones where they pop up. That's what I said. I had these in my little toes, but I had the big toe bunion crossing them. Right, and that was like, and his one bone's too big, they cut it. <laughs> so they were like trying to understand what I was talking about. But anyway, he did come up. 
Um, all right, you got anything else this week, man? Man, I was going to tell you, man, the other night it was every now and then we'll do a fend for yourself night where the kids get to eat whatever they want as long as they fix it. Right. My wife ended up making some rice. Have you ever had sweet rice? Sweet rice? You just take some white white rice when it's done. You put, put some butter, butter and, and sugar. sugar and maybe a little cinnamon on there. I haven't really. I've had it once at a friend of mine's house when I was young. And it just something my my family didn't do it, so no, I didn't. Uh, we always did. It. I mean, that was like an easy snack as a kid, you know. Right. And uh, well, anyway, she made this pan of rice, and this motherfucker makes a rice sandwich. Puts rice like, on bread. Yes, I was like, "Are you seriously that unskilled in the kitchen?" Well, I was good. like, "Maybe this is a trait you need to learn, just in case you don't find a woman." Right. I mean, and we, they might know not know how to cook. We uh, yeah, my wife doesn't. And no offense. So to I her. was like, we're going to put you in on kitchen detail this week. Yeah, that's probably not he good. He said he's seen it on The Simpsons. I finally got it out of it. <laughs> well, like my my parents or my mom did a lot of like smart, like whatever you can find nuts for sure. And I just always ate cereal. Like, that's just always what well, I Well, that was to. his go-to and I started making fun of him. I was oh. like, is that all you know how to make? Cereal? Can't even run a microwave? Yeah, you know, well, it's because on, they have this electric can opener at their mom's house. So when I first tried to teach them how to use a can opener years back, it just blew their mind. So easy. I, I mean, I do see YouTube videos where people are all amazed by can openers, and I'm like, what the fuck y'all talking well, about? They just stuck it up on a magnet and spun around, and yeah, they didn't have to do anything. It's crazy. Um, all right, man. Well, I think that's all I got. I don't at the moment have anyone for the last part of this podcast, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Worst case, I'll just have my wife come on and talk about some books, boring ass books. Uh, they're not boring to her. I know, and she's read. She's up to like fifty-seven books this year or something. I don't know. Wow, she's fucking read. That's crazy. Stupid amount. I haven't read fifty-seven books in my life. Oh yeah, me either. Uh, and I have this one book called The Name of the Wind that I've been meaning to read for a year now. I've literally owned it for thirteen months. This book, and I really was gonna read it because when I first heard of it, it was it's better than Game of Thrones. It's the new fantasy badass fucking book and i cannot i it just sucks it just sucks this book but everywhere you go online it's like the best fucking book and i just it's, it, it it destroyed me in reading i just can't do it now i probably read under five books in my entire life i've read parts of books i've read pa- parts of multiple books but yeah if i didn't wasn't married to my wife i keep having or, to like turn back the pages her. and reread because i don't understand what's going on or i don't comprehend it i'm just i mean I would let you like borrow my favorite book of all time because it's fun. It's a fun book, so you might be able to keep up. Um, But it is crazy, too. Um, I just think TV's made us lazy. It's hard to read whenever TV does all the shortcut for you and puts the picture in front of you. But if you can get into a book, a book's always better than anything you're going to watch. Someone the other day on uh, Facebook was like, hey, anyone got any good audio books? I'm taking this long road trip. So I posted our podcast. I'm like, here, listen to a podcast. fuck yeah. I mean, honestly, that's how I got into podcasts. Of course, if they hear us cuss one time, they're like, oh. Uh, Well, yeah, that'll be out the window real fucking quick. Um, When I first got on a podcast, it was because I was listening to audio books and then... I was like, you know, I did. I was out of an audio book, and I was like, oh, I'll I read IGN all the time, and let me and I like this one guy, so I wouldn't listen to his podcast. I was like, oh, that's fun for video game news. And then the next day, I looked up Conan O'Brien, just hoping he got it. He had a podcast, and he didn't, but he was interviewed on one, so I downloaded that one, listened to it, and then. Well, if he had his own podcast, he'd have to write his own jokes. Well, he now has his own. It just launched. Uh, and so I'm going to have to subscribe to that and fucking listen to all that shit. Because he was on Bill Simmons' podcast last week. And I fucking just love Conan. Like, 
I got a friend. He'll, uh, according to Facebook, he's trying to start up uh, his podcast called My Prerogative, My Podcast. He like basically runs. Okay, you got WWE, then you got where all of them leftovers go. Right. Yeah, he's basically running that level. Right. He started off from like a one gym in Ardmore, and he's he's done pretty well with it. Yeah. So well, I don't know if I can help out in any way, but I don't know. I know he's trying to start a podcast called My Prerogative, My <laughs> Podcast. It's Jerry Bostic. If you want to check it out, right on. Um. By the way, we haven't gotten any fake listens in in about a month now, three weeks, something like that. So maybe, that's cool. Maybe they was listening. You called them out. And like, oh, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, no, <laughs> we got caught. Uh, so anyway, all of our numbers seem real. So like, we're at like a good 60, 70 a week, something like that, of the new episodes. Appreciate so, it. All right. Well, my dog won't get out of my face, so I guess we're going to be done. All right. Peace. Later. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. All right, we are joined by worst case scenario, Koopy. <laughs> hello, hello. Sorry to be here to talk about books, but I don't think it's the worst case scenario. Me either. I was just joking. <laughs> uh, I will say something that happened today is I try to put up Christmas lots and it came into a big old shit show. And <laughs> oh yeah, also this is Koopy. That's my wife. If anyone Hi. doesn't know that, um, Koopy's just a special pet name. No one knows <laughs> the meaning. And Anyway, the Christmas lot scenario, I like green, and we were going to put green lights up, and we had four strands originally, and slowly but surely, they just all kept going out. So apparently, Christmas lights don't last longer than a year, and then all we have were red ones, so now we look like some fucking weirdos with red lights. I think it goes with the aesthetic of the inside of our house, though, because we have beautifully wrapped, already wrapped, red presents and red beads on the tree i think it, it all comes together quite nicely i know you don't like red but i do not red just hasn't been my favorite color ever for whatever reason um but yeah you did you went all basically i got sick and you used that time <laughs> to swoop in and decorate everything with christmas before it was even thanksgiving to be fair we have an entire week off and what good, better it was way a good time to, to do spend it. that time and then I wore myself out with all that Christmas spirit and then got sick myself. Yeah. Uh, and so we're both kind of sickly still, but uh, we'll get we'll get over it eventually. Thanksgiving was good. Good food. Had yeah. a good time. Like I said, I married you because your family's dressing recipe is just you, so good. And you inherited it over. Yeah, I know. Your mom just spouted it all out. I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> Let me write this down. She can email it. Um. Okay, so I only have two little things before we can get into all your books, though, because I know you, you're going to talk about some books. Um, you know Skinny comes over all the time, and he always mentions this rapper Ghost Mane. And he's like, oh, yeah, your beats remind me of Ghost Mane. Yes. And I'm like, cool, right? I looked up some videos for Ghost Mane. First off, I don't think my beats sound that much like his. His is, like, so bass-heavy, but I understand what Skinny's saying. The videos are so awesome. You would love them. They look like <laughs> old 1930 cartoon, like Betty Aww. Boop cartoons. And they're just really fucking cool, the animation. Like, the whole time I was just like, oh, this is so fucking awesome. Does he draw them, you think? I don't know. I have no idea. And they might just be stolen from old Betty Boop well, cartoons. Well, that's what I was wondering. Know? Or if it's 
an interesting source. Right. So um, anyway, if anyone wants some really awesome videos, I will say it's like some weird screamo metal rap. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. But uh, video is super cool. So I wanted to bring that up. And I watched with Snappy yesterday. So I figured I'd talk about it. And then kind of in the same vein of this hip hop stuff, I have started watching a show on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution. And I'm three episodes in. First episode was kind of like when hip hop got started in Houston. And then second one was Oakland. First episode also had Miami. And then the third episode was New York, you know, which is really where it all started. And the fourth episode looks like it's also going to be about New York. But for some, if you like hip hop music, it's a really well done documents, docu series with all the people, I think. Like even you were kind of watching it like, oh, this is interesting. I like, I got in on the Oakland episode and I did like that a lot. Yeah. I found that one really good. And then I will say in the first two episodes, I didn't learn stuff I've never, you know, heard before, but I'm also pretty well versed in all that a little bit more than others. But just seeing like Too Short on the Oakland episode, I'm like, oh, I fucking love Too Short. So anyway, I would highly recommend that on Netflix uh, if anyone needs something to watch out there. Do uh, it. So how many books have you read this year? I have finished arguably 50 books so far. What do you mean by arguably? Well, and I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. It's number four on my five books that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. But one of them is um, three little graphic car- uh, cartoons, the Sabrina series. I counted those as one book. Gotcha. So I don't know if that technically is a book or how you would really count that, but I've read the first three in the little chilling adventures of Sabrina. So that kind of messes up my numbers but then also some of them i have done audiobooks right and i know you're we're going to talk about if those count i want to say personally audiobooks don't count as reading i don't know that's just my gut my gut says that i i know what you mean because as a person who reads a lot it is very different to but some of those books i would follow along with as the audio is playing. So those I count completely. But then there are a few that I have um, read, quote, um, while coloring. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really like uh, adult coloring books. And I have some coloring books based on the books that I've actually read. So it's fun to color those coloring books while the stories are being told to you. Well, I know, for instance, like my experience with audio books are – I have read all the Game of Thrones books or Song of Ice and Fire, if we're being all correct. And then I listened to the audio books once, each one one time. And I don't tell people I've read those books through two times. I say I read them all once and then I listen to the audio books all once. So to me, it is it's just not the same as reading. But like if the option was you could listen to this podcast or read it, it'd be way <laughs> easier to listen to it. So I'm not I don't think it, I think it still has value, but it doesn't. It does seem like it should be counted in just a different column. Well, I don't have a separate Goodreads shelf for audiobooks, so they're all in the same category on Goodreads, and that's where I mostly keep track of it. But I think there's been like three true just listening and not actually following along. So, right. I guess that would be what forty six physically read books. Yeah, if you didn't count them. Sabrina's and that. Yeah, I read those on my cool Kindle Fire 
So right. cool. I didn't. Act, I don't actually own those, but they were free for Prime readers. So if you are a Prime reader and you are interested in reading those books, yeah, or stories, you just mentioning Amazon Prime or Amazon in general reminded me of. I was talking to my mother and. In my mind, like a lot of my memories of my mom, maybe it's unfair. I just remember her loving QVC. Like, and she ordered a lot of shit from QVC when I was a kid. And then also her being like real big into eBay when eBay was like, you know, first taken off. Yeah. So like she had no problem spending money on either of those things. But then when I'm talking to her on the phone, she's like, yeah, I don't really mess with Amazon. I don't, I don't really know much about it. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know how any, I mean, my mom doesn't have Prime, but she uses Amazon. I'm like, why don't you just get Prime? If you, right. if you use Amazon, just get it. Well, even if you don't get, I was just talking about mom. They like, they're the best at like refunds. And I think Amazon backs all the stuff. She goes, well, I thought it was just a bunch of people selling stuff. I go, what do you think eBay is? <laughs> like, and you use eBay all the time. So, it's they one of those things where I just assumed my mom used it, and she does not. Most of the prime options for your purchase do not come from smaller sellers. Right. Most of that stuff is not on the prime discount. But I don't know if I told this story on the podcast already, but this week, I believe it was, like on Monday, I got an Amazon Prime thing pop up. It was like these headphones you want are 25% off for the next 24 hours, and I bought them. It was awesome, and now I've been using them. Yeah. So I love Amazon. Yeah. And it's so quick. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> you've read a lot of books. Yes. Are there any in particular you would like to discuss and recommend to people? Well, my current really, I mean, I think the last time I was on here, I mentioned the Akatar series by Sarah J. Mass, A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's a trilogy plus a short story. And then there's going to be more added to it. So I'm not going to go in depth into that one because if you listen to the podcast, you probably heard well, that. Uh, that was episode. that whenever this was still Powwow Mo podcast or just a podcast of Mo? Um, it might have I think been it was old one. the old but one. But anyway, so Agatar is this thing you? It's probably like your favorite book these days, right? Well, the series is over. So I haven't been reading them recently. I read them back in May. Right, and but did you had to do? Like I love them, and I yeah, they're on my definitely my favorites. I okay. really found the world fascinating um, fantasy story. The first one kind of reads like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast meets um, Persephone fairy world instead of the underworld. But that doesn't really stick with it throughout. But it's kind of to give you a, an idea of the feel of the first book. It's a really good series and I recommend that one wholeheartedly. To anybody but the current book i'm reading or the series is a darker shade of magic by v.e schwab i've read the first two yeah this. you've really been into that lately for sure yes i've read the first two in the series there are three i hear there is more coming but it's a long way off and i don't know if it will be a continuation or a companion series right and what was the name of that again a Darker Shade of Magic is the first book. And then I just finished the second book, A Gathering of Shadows. Yeah. I mean, as someone who, you know, enjoys the Song of Ice and Fire books, uh, the waiting sucks. Waiting sucks for extra books. Yeah. I still have one to go, though. So A Conjuring of Light. And that one's 600 plus pages. So that will keep me going. And these are not audiobooks. These are actually read. <laughs> yeah. Real books. Real books that I have really enjoyed and the author has 
many other books that she she has a couple of middle grade books out and another series called um I think it's the vicious series that she's been working on she's released two of those so she's a very prolific writer and there's more to come so I appreciate the fact that you know J.K. Rowling just kind of left us all hanging with Harry Potter and then right. all we got was Fantastic Beasts. Granted, V.E. Schwab is not... Well, she's making so much money on those movies, she just isn't going to waste time on a book. I know. and But, well, she has other books um, under a different name. Yeah, under, I remember the, reading I haven't that. read any of those, but as a fantasy YA lover, um, I want more Harry Potter type stuff from her. <laughs> right. Besides Fantastic Beasts. I'm just which is, excited which is good, but. that there's... Two Harry Potter kind of related video games I'm excited about where there's going to be a like a real 3D well done Harry Potter game where you're like a senior at Hogwarts that your magic hits you late sort of story. And then there's another game by the people that make Stardew Valley, which, you know, I love that fucking game. And it's <laughs> going to be based in some magic Hogwarts sort of Harry Potter like. Right. But it won't be like actually Harry Potter. Right. So, um that's those about will be where fun. I go. Yeah. I'll definitely encourage those purchases. Yeah, because you'll you can watch. <laughs> but back to a darker shade of magic, just to give you guys an idea of what the story is about. It is a fantasy with parallel universes, and they're all called London, but they have different color names. So like Grey London is the London that we know. Um it's set in like 1820 when it opens up in gray London with King George. He was like mad King George the third. Um, so that's, it's that time period. And then there's a parallel universe called red London where magic is prevalent. Um, prosperous, common. Everybody has some form of, for the most part, magical ability. It's just some are more powerful than others. And then there is a white London where magic is sick. And it's dying and people are, it's a, like a dystopian style of London. It's a, people are starving, fighting, it's brutal. And then there's black London, which is dark black. Like there's, and it's actually cut off from the rest of the world. Paral- the parallel universes used to all be open to each other, but now they're all closed off. Right. Except. It's just like the story of God of War. Except there are two ma- um, magicians One's from White London named Holland, and then one is from Red London named Kel, and they can travel between parallel universes. And that's where the first book takes off. And Kel runs into this girl in Grey London named Delilah Bard, and she's probably one of my all-time favorite characters at this point. Like, I love this character. She is a badass She's awesome. She has a tendency to do cross-dressing. She likes to dress as a man, but in, you, you know, eighteen twenty. London, of course, you know. I mean, there have been reasons for it because the way they wear pants. Yeah, she's a pickpocket. She's great with. She's a thief, great with knives. She's an awesome character, um, and he meets her in Grey London while he's there on official business. He's um, a member of the royal family in Red London. Uh, he's adopted or somewhat, I guess you could say, held hostage, but they call it a family. So he feels loved, um, but you know, by the end of the second book. He gets arrested. So, yeah, whispering doesn't work well. Oh well, he gets. Well, I don't know if I should say certain things. Yeah, he don't want to spoil it because all the people that listen are probably going to go out and buy the books. <laughs> uh, the avid readers. But I won't tell you about how he got arrested or anything like that. But you know, there's there's comp- 
complex family relationships there. But anyway, but I'm really excited to read the third one, A Conjuring of Light. It's going to be it's going to be great. And there's I notice in the back of this one, which the other ones didn't have, is a dictionary of the of the language, the magical or the fantasy. No, language. so you can learn to speak it. Well, I probably won't learn to speak it. Talk about it with all your secret friends <laughs> that also know the language. Well, considering I don't know anybody else who has read these books, it'd just be me talking to myself. Well, that's still fine. It'll be <laughs> fine. Um, are there any other books that have just been on your mind? Well, I am Sarah J. Mass, like I said, who wrote the Akatar series. She has another series called Throne of Glass. Isn't that one actually more popular? It's she started it first, and um, so it's longer. It's right. she just finished it, book number eight. The last book came out in October, and it's been a big deal in the book community. Um, and I've been working on book number four, Queen of Shadows. But these are ones I've been doing on audiobook. Gotcha. So, um, I really like it. It's book number four, so <laughs> can't give too much away. But the main character is knows that she is like a should be the queen of this kingdom and she's trying to get her kingdom back. And so it's been an adventure, sad. Everyone she knows is, you know, by this point in a lot of turmoil. So there's a lot of drama and sadness, not a lot of happy moment. All right. And then unless you have other stuff, you came with some questions, right? Or something. Yeah, I have some fun, like, fandom questions. If right. You, you were, like, basically going to ask questions, we're going to answer it. One time you were going to do that with me and Pow Wow, but then something yeah, happened. Yeah, we ran and, out of time. Like, I get carried away with books, and I could talk about them forever. Yeah, I'll just cut it all. It's fun. Um, <laughs> so you're going to ask me these questions. I don't know what they are, and I'm going to basically try to answer them off the top of my head. Okay, there are ten questions. All right, what's and the I wanna, rules or parameters? Yeah, I want to say that most of mine are answered with books, but you can choose from movies, TV shows, video games. Like I'll, I'll leave right. it open to video you. games. Will probably be a good. <laughs> well, some source. of them are kind of specific. Like question number one: Do you know your Hogwarts house? Um, I just want to be the green ones because of green, but I don't have any real strong pull to Harry Potter. Like. As far as the stuff that exists that's popular that I don't really know much about, I think it's cool. Right? Like, I think it's cooler than like Star Wars. I mean, I've seen all the Star Wars movies and all the Harry Potter movies. Um, I like Harry Potter, but I've just I never read the books, so I seem like a fake person if I act well, like I, I love it. I know from spending you know the last ten years with you that <laughs> you like Draco. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a Slytherin for sure. Yeah, I think Slytherins are cool, Those and they have the cool layer. Use any means to achieve their ends. That's their motto. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I don't achieve much. Usually it just means like they're ambitious people, but... Um, what's your Harry Potter house? Ravenclaw. And Very why is easy. that? Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. Well, I think that sounds good too. Why is that me? Well, I'm a, I love books. <laughs> See, I thought you were a Hufflepuff. Oh, I would love to be a Hufflepuff, but I don't know if I'm nice enough to be a Hufflepuff. Their motto is those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. Like they do work very hard. They're very kind. Yes. Yeah, I think you're a Hufflepuff. I don't know. Oh, I'd, I'd take that. I would like to be a Hufflepuff. They don't get enough credit. I mean, I would Cedric never. Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. Do you remember who he is? No. He's the, do you want, he's the one who died in the cup. 
Uh, yes, I remember. Uh, Twilight guy. <laughs> yeah, Edward Cullen yeah. from Twilight. Exactly. All right, question number two. If you could visit any fictional place, where would you go? Um, I will let you give your answers. I know you have them. Oh, mine are very obvious because I've already mentioned all three of them on this podcast. But Perithian is the fairy kingdom in A Court of Thorns and Roses. And my favorite, that 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 world is divided up into different courts by the different fairy kings, so to speak. And the best court of all is Night Court, where Rysand and Feyre end up falling in love and their story takes place. And so I would love to go to Night Court. It's like in the mountains, snowy mountains. You know me. I love snow. Mountains would be great under like these beautiful stars and stuff. It just sounds magical. But cool. also Hogwarts or Red London from A Darker Shade of Magic. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Neverland from Hook. Oh, yeah. Because that's, fun. that's a good answer. I like the Rufio the whole that whole section of that movie. Um, it seems like it's a fun place to live if you're a young boy <laughs> um, and you're not trying to grow up. And then food just magically appears as long as you have imagination. <laughs> and so, for a fictional world, I think that's gonna be my answer. Today. I really love that answer. I really do love that answer. It's a good one. Okay, number three. What three fictional characters would you pick? To build a fictional like gang or crew, so you know, like in Harry Potter three, they have Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Like, who would be your three that you would choose to have a gang with? Um, I guess if I could, I would have to spread out. I think Tyrion would have to be first from Game of Thrones, okay? Because he's really fucking funny in the book. Like, For sure. he's so fucking funny. It's hard to explain if you haven't read the book. And so I think that would come in handy. I think you would have to have like a muscular person. So out of all my things recently, I'm going to go with Kratos from God of War because he's already a god and he he could kill pretty much anything. That's a good to have, yeah. And um, I don't really know what I need in, besides those two. I guess probably some sort of magic user of some sort. A mage. I'm just trying to think of who's a cool fucking mage person of and things that I enjoy. I don't know. I'll come back to me for my third one. I'll have to think real real fast. <laughs> and that's a good gang. I like your start. I have a girl gang. You have a bro gang. I have a girl gang. I choose Feyre from Akatar. And Nej, who I have not brought up on this podcast um, at this point, is she's from a book of tr- duology called Six of Crows, which is one of my all-time favorites as well. Um, and she is... She's not really magical, but she's um, stealthy like a shadow very handy lila bard who's from a darker shade of magic i would love her to be in my girl gang they're basically all really powerful females who right. are I, just badass who are can hold their own they don't need anybody i think I, so. my third member i'm gonna go with it's a weird one i'm gonna go with buzz lightyear because <laughs> he's small so if a scenario needs he could you know sneak past people but i need him to be able to be alive and talking even when i'm present which i know is not normally how toy story works so if i can bend the rules a little bit that'll be my third, third uh, yeah you can totally bend the rules i'd go with that buzz okay number four what- and, and it was really because he has a jet pack because <laughs> i do like woody better but woody would not be fucking useful no. Comparatively to Buzz. Anyway. Just the drawstring. That's all he has. Yep. Okay, number four. What fictional family would you like to be a member of? Uh, 
I'll be honest, right now I have no ideas of families that stick out to me as There's being, one that I think you would really be like, yeah, I could do that. Bob's Burger family? Well, sure. That wasn't the one in my mind, but that's a good one. I can you, see that, yeah. You and Gene would get along really well. Yeah, I like Gene. Or, I mean, King of the Make Hill. Make cool beats. King of the Hill's fine, Bobby. but I wouldn't want to be uh, <laughs> no <laughs> in Bobby's situation. No. You going to think on that one for a minute? Yeah, yeah. So, well, Bob's Burgers is a good one. But um, for me, uh, if I'm going really bookish, I would have to choose probably the March family from Little Women. It's the four sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, Amy, and then their mother, Marmy. Um, their father is away at war for most of the book. But I love Little Women. It's one of my favorite stories. I, I loved it growing up. In fact, I had they created um, like children's stories where it separated the book and told like just the individual girls stories right. not by the the original author they were just fanfic basically. yeah fanfic and i had those growing up i loved the march girls and so i'd like to be a member of the march family all right came up with a good answer okay um i would like to be adopted in the oc by the co well, what's his name seth cohen the cohen's <laughs> i want the cohen so basically the family and the, the tv show the oc is seth cohen his name on the show or is it his name in real life Seth Cohen's his name on the show. Okay. And Sandy Cohen is his father on oh, the show. Oh, yeah, Sandy. And so I feel like I would do a better job than that fuck up who kept getting in fights. I'm like, <laughs> they're so rich. Just fucking play Dynasty Warriors and chill out. And so eat pl- bagels. Yeah, eat bagels, play <laughs> Dynasty Warriors in your pool house, fucking enjoy life. You're getting a fucking private education. But, oh, no, I want to get in a fight because a little skinny bitch next to oh, <laughs> Man, the OC. Anyway, that's my family I'm choosing. What well, was your suggestion? I thought you would go with The Incredibles. Uh, that was a good one I thought you would like. The Incredibles is cool. I like The Incredibles, but... You'd have powers. I, I'm going to stick with my OC dream. I'd rather have money. <laughs> I mean, The Incredibles, they don't have a bright future as a kid of The Incredibles because you're in a world in which you can't even openly practice your your superpowers. But you have your family to lean on. Yeah, I guess. Seems like a lonely world. Other good family would be the Weasleys. I figured that was going to be your choice. Well, that I'm trying not to go too obvious, but that was technically the first one on my list. I got gotcha. you. The Weasleys I gotcha. from Harry Potter. Okay, number five. This one might be tricky, but I think I know what you could choose if you get stuck. Uh, number five. What fictional game or sport would you like to play? Um, So it's one that doesn't exist in real life? I'm guessing by the... Yeah, the I mean, like, or at least started in a fantasy scenario then i guess i would go with blitzball okay what's that i don't know blitzball so in this video game final fantasy 10 uh there was a whole sport that they built for the game called blitzball and a lot of people hate it i will say that but as someone like me who grew up loving weird japanese rpg games and also enjoying sports video games I thought it was cool that there was yeah. like a sports game built in and then like throughout the game you would recruit people to be on your team. So like you had like the mishmash melting pot of players, right, of different races and creatures and then you would play teams that were all the same one. So like I don't know, it was just and it was like a big water sphere, but it was like um if you could make a giant water sphere, everyone could just breathe underwater. Didn't really talk about it, but it just worked that way. And you swam. It was like soccer, but you swam and like threw and kicked the fucking ball in the water. That's fun. 
So that's going to be my go-to for that one. I don't really like water sports. Well, yeah, but you can breathe underwater. So it's more of like <laughs> not water if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. Because there were times you would fall in the water and you would have to like, I got to get out so I don't drown. So I don't know. They didn't really explain that real well, I guess, looking back on it. <laughs> not important. I thought you might choose the Oasis. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one just is going to happen someday. It doesn't seem that fictional to me. Well, it started off in... Ready like, Player One. Yeah. I mean, everyone at like Oculus or any other VR place, they have to read Ready Player One as like a prerequisite <laughs> to work there. That's cool. Because it has this whole idea of it uses lasers to imprint the images on your eyeballs instead of you looking at a screen. And so now everyone wants to do that shit. So that's the world we're going to. Yeah. Very high tech. I would probably, mine was definitely Harry Potter related. There are so many cool games. Like J.K. Rowling just did a great job world building. But. Uh, wizard's chess would be cool. I've never learned how to play real chess. Yeah, so what's the chances you'd learn to play wizard's chess? And on wizard's chess, the pieces move. Right. That's fun. That's fun. I also don't think I would be very good at Quidditch, but I, if I lived in the Harry Potter world, that would be the game to play. Right. So, Quidditch. Well, yeah, I mean, in general, I don't think you enjoy playing mini sports. So no. the idea of you would be enjoying There's a sport in another card world. card games in Harry Potter, like Wizard Snap, I think is one. Right. Number six, if you could purchase any fictional object, what would it be? Like magical or fictional? Um, I guess since you kind of hinted at the Oasis thing, um, it would be that from Ready Player One, if I could own that and it actually worked. Now, that would be the thing. If I owned it, <laughs> the Oasis Network doesn't exist in our world. So, but we're going to act like there's magic yeah, like and I can work. use it. And then I would be playing the video games that do exist in Ender's Game. Then, yeah, I'd go with a VR headset. Good, for sure. Yeah, that's right up your alley. Um, I would want a wand, an Ollivander wand. But in A Darker Shade of Magic, the books that I've been reading, Kel, the main character, or one of the main characters, has a coat that is obviously magical. And it, no matter, you, he turns it all kinds of different ways and he can get different types of coats. And so they're very handy for different scenarios. Right. And I'm going to explain this coat to me one day. It just sounds really cool. And sometimes he finds objects in the pockets that come in handy. Like the coat knows what he needs. So right. I think that's I think it's a very cool concept. I mean, also I think um, another item my dad can have out there is a phoenix because I was thinking of Final Fantasy. They had these items called Phoenix Downs, which is a feather of a phoenix. And if you ingest one when you're dead, or someone throws it on you, I don't really know. You just use it on a dead person; they come back to life. Oh, so that's handy. That seems. <laughs> pretty uh helpful or just any rpg potion if there was like a time you felt like shit and you just drank a potion and then all of a sudden you were healed anything like any item really that you can buy in video game like in rpgs would be pretty dope for sure yeah so those are very valuable in the game so they would or be valuable in life as a well. pokeball filled with a real <laughs> life fucking pokemon except that would probably be really scary in real life but that was that one of cool. my answers to a fictional game. Like, if I could really be, like, a Pokemon... Trainer. Trainer, that'd be cool, too. Right. I would get all the Eevees. Um, so, moving on. Question number seven. Who is your favorite author? 
Um, I'm going to say, even though Ernest Cline wrote Ready Player One, which is my favorite book, and I've mentioned A Song of Ice and Fire a lot, I'll actually say Orson Scott Card's probably my favorite author because there's two series that he has written that I, I really like. And when I'm reading his stuff, it is, it's very easy to read, if that makes sense. Like, and so is Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein just doesn't have enough books out for me to say, like, he's my favorite yet. Just looking on the bookcase behind you, I think there are 16 Orson Scott Card books. Yeah. So I'm going to say Orson Scott Card. I, I really enjoy um, all the Enders game stuff and the Bean storyline. And it's just really fucking good. And then. Alvin Maker, even though I understand it's like uh, his telling of like Jesus in America. I don't know. There's something religious behind it all. The people would assume I don't like it, but I just enjoy it. It's a fun, magical, uh, Amer- early American fairy tale. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. So I would say Orson Scott Card is probably my favorite. Yeah. That wasn't who I would have originally thought, but looking at your bookcase, I can see that now. <laughs> <laughs> who are you going to say? Uh, Ready Player One, or is that yeah. Ernest Klein? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, his second book, Armada, is, if it was better, I would even maybe think about it, but when you read it, it reads just like a script for a movie, so yeah. you could just tell he made a deal before he even started writing that, mo- yeah. that book, because he already has a deal for his third book to be like, a movie. basically what happened with Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> right, and so... <laughs> You read it and you're like, oh, this is cool. But guess what? On like page three, I knew the twist. Like, cause it's just, I don't know. It's just, that's how it was. So, whereas in Ready Player One, I don't think he wrote it with any expectations this could ever be a movie. So that didn't hinder him. And same like George R. R. Martin with uh, Song of Ice and Fire. He read, he wrote it because he used to write for TV shows like the old Beauty and the Beast show back in the day. Yeah. And everything he wrote, they were like, it's too much money. We can't film this. <laughs> and so when he wrote Game of Thrones, he goes, I'm going to write something so crazy and so much stuff that no one can ever put it on TV. And then and it was then like he- 20 years <laughs> later, it's on TV. And he's like, oh, shit, I haven't read wrote the sixth book yet. And then we're all fucking pissed. Yeah. Anyway. I I haven't read the books, which is kind of surprising. I think I, I if if he had finished it, I would love to read them, but I, I, my problem is that I watched the show first before right. I knew it was really a, a book series, and then I was in college at that time, and I was too busy reading for my literary classes that I just didn't have time to read for pleasure back then, and so I just didn't have the time when I knew when would have been the right time to read it. Yeah, understand. So I someday maybe I'll read them. I feel bad. I feel like a fraud kind of for never having read them and loving the show. But for someone who is a book reader, it right. does seem weird. I mean, it's just one of those weird things. Of like, it's just better, but the show's now past it. And so in some ways, it's almost like, well, is that now canon? Because it like, existed can, first. Right. Like, can if I read it, can I keep them separate? Almost? Right. Well, even like when I went back and listened to the audio book, I was like, oh, yeah, Tyrion doesn't look like. Tyrion in right. the show. He yeah. looks a little different. So uh, some of that stuff were like uh, Tywin like is quite a bit different or uh, Sir Jorah and you're just like, oh yeah, they just don't they're supposed to look different and I gotta imagine that and it is hard. So I understand what you're saying. Alright, how many more questions we got? Well, I didn't answer that question. Oh. Okay, what you got? My favorite author is a hard one to answer. So if I should have just let you skip me, but classically speaking, you have to go with Shakespeare or Mark Mark Twain for me. Boring. I mean, I like Mark Twain. All of his quotes are cool. Shakespeare, most overrated. I don't agree. But 
he's so talented. Like for someone who loves rhyme and structure and all of that, like I don't understand how you can't appreciate. Because as a storyteller, his stories are not entertaining to read. No. Well, they're not meant to be read. They're meant to be seen. Well, when you're asking my favorite author is. Well, he wrote it. He authored. Well, then I'll go back to like, well, my favorite author is someone who wrote a screenplay that someone else directed <laughs> and turned into a movie. No, your author is. A, you got to be able to read well, it. Well, I've just, read Shakespeare. I mean, I've read, I've read Shakespeare. So. Me too. I just have never enjoyed reading it. I've been like, oh, my God, this is so much fucking work. I really, I do enjoy well, and I've also studied it in a classroom setting, which I think brings a different um, insight into the text and makes it more interesting when you're learning about it from a. See, I think when you're in ninth grade and your classmates in a small country town are having to read parts of Caesar, and then your exposure is basically how well your 14 year old friend just read that Shakespeare line. <laughs> it just can't really be great in well, your opinion. You're also following along, I hope. <sighs> Kinda, but you know, you're trying to get into it. Um, well, for contemporary writer, I'm really, really torn as well. Sarah J. Mass seems like the obvious answer. J.K. Rowling. But I'm really loving V.E. Schwab. I'm following her on Instagram. I really like her personality. She just seems like a cool chick. Um, she's the one who wrote The Darker Shade My of My favorite author has a crazy personality, uh, and everyone hates him. <laughs> but I don't let that, let that affect my call of Orson Scott card. Yeah, I've heard some weird things about him. Also, like on random, people hate her. So, yeah. Just my, just my way. Yep. <laughs> I also like Lee Bardugo, but I don't have enough. To, I can't narrow it down to one. Anyway. Next question. What is a book that has made an impact on your life? I think we've kind of might have already answered that. Yeah, probably. But say it. Uh, the Bible. <laughs> How so? Um, I went to church every Sunday for, I don't know, years from like the age of four to 18 or something like that. And it was always brought up. You know, people used it to uh, tell you you're wrong about stuff. I would say it probably has the most impact. Yeah, that's definitely not how I was thinking <laughs> when I answered that question. Which one had the big impact on you? <laughs> well, besides Little Women, which I've already mentioned, I really loved To Kill a Mockingbird. I think that's a very cliche answer, but I really did love it growing up. I love it now. Um I've read it, gosh, more than 20 times probably. And every time I find something new and meaningful in it, just the way it's written, I understand why she didn't ever publish another book in her lifetime. Um, Because it's just so good. It's so good. So to yeah, kill a mockingbird. I mean, bird, if we had to expand it open to other mediums besides books of things that... uh affected me i guess maybe i don't know there's probably things recently i can think of but not like when i was younger like i remember the video game life is strange like i've already told i've told you this probably because you were there when i played it like i played that being like oh fuck you can really just play a video game just for the story and like this is really awesome then right after that i played firewatch which was another same thing like it was just a short story of like oh this could be really impactful stories and video games and that changed the way i think of a lot of games so now i play a lot of weird fucking games just off of that of like oh this will be two hours of a good story sure yeah um well one of the first things that i ever really read that captured my imagination in like a fantasy way before i uh, besides harry potter 
I really liked Tuck Everlasting. I don't really know who wrote it, but it was in our like sixth grade literature book. And I remember reading it and really loving Tuck Everlasting. What's our uh, next question? Question number nine. Favorite book to film adaptation? Do you have one? Um, Book to film? I can't think of any good ones off the top of my head at the moment. No good adaptation. Like there's some book to films, but they just weren't good. Right. Yeah. I don't think I can't think of any that I that I've read the book and I've watched the movie and I've been like both are besides great. maybe Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, they done a good job. So I guess I was thinking a movie, but yeah, for or, a TV show or Hunger Games. It's pretty good. Yeah. I think Hunger Games, but I read the book after I watched the movies. Oh, yeah. That's so true. to me, it was a little different, but I was like, oh, yeah, these are good. Like Maze Runner, I hated both the movie and the book. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure there's some like good old ones or whatever. Yeah, like classics. Yeah, but there's none that jump to mind. Every time anything now, like, okay, I will say actually Ender's Game. Yeah, that was a good movie. It got destroyed on reviews. Critics hated it. Users hated it. I fucking watched Ender's Game and loved it. I was like, everything about it's so good. And everyone was like, it's boring. And I'm like, that's the point. I, I don't know. There's just more well, to I it. I had never read the book and we went and saw it together and I really enjoyed it. Right. And, and I'm not normally a sci-fi person. I don't know. I just, in, the ending stuck with, I think, six with you or whatever of mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't know. I just really like it. You have so to make I guess it to that the would, end. <laughs> that one would be my favorite. Um. Okay, good. I'm glad you have one. Uh, Harry Potter's Avi. But... Oh. I I haven't seen it yet, so I can't call it a favorite. But I know right now they have started season one of a Discovery of Witches in England. Um, the BBC has England has put out season one of a Discovery of Witches, and I haven't watched it yet. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. And so, I, on wishful thinking, I will say season that will be good when I ever get around to it. It'll probably be. A year from now, because that's how it tends to work out. Right. But I would really, it's probably will be a Showtime, one that we actually don't have. <laughs> be on something, yeah, we'll have to pay for it, actually. Yeah, but we, I will do that to at least check out season one of, I'm really excited that it was turned into a show. I'll have to, I'll have to, I've read the whole series, so I can try to keep it separate, you know, and just enjoy it for what it is. Right. And try not to get angry if they mess it up too much. Well, like, I went into Ready Player One. I mean, I had a podcast at the time, so anyone can go back and listen. Like, I just knew it was going to not be good or not what the book was. So I tried to brace myself. But even with all that, I was still pissed about it. I'm sure A Darker Shade of Magic will be a movie. Like, I just, it's that good, guys. Go out and read it. There's three of them. You'll love them. Cool. I think there'll be a movie. All right. Question 10. Last question. Do you have any books on a TBR list, like books that you would like to read coming up? I've already mentioned it on this podcast, um, the name of the wind book and how I started it, and I just didn't like it, but I know I need to read it. So I guess that would be my only one. I don't, I would like to get into reading like biographical books. Yes. Or like Bill Simmons wrote the book of basketball 10 years ago, which I know it's outdated now, but I would like to read it because I listen to all of his podcasts. Malcolm Gladwell, I like his podcast and he writes books. So I would kind of like to get into books that aren't just fantasy stories, but generally the whole stories are just my sort of books. I don't know. I'm like, let's be entertained. Right. Well, me too. So, I did read a, a nonfiction book recently, Educated which I think you did mention on the podcast yeah, briefly, briefly. about t- 
Kara Westover, who grew up in a survivalist Mormon uh, household. They lived in the mountains of Idaho. And, and her dad was crazy. Her dad was, was crazy. More the thing, her right. brother, well, her dad was crazy, but her brother was abusive. Like she went through a lot with just like her older brother, right? Um, which was some of those things were really hard to read. But she goes, she was obviously kept from going to school, raised at home, and somehow throughout the whole story had the willpower to teach herself the book's called educated and she ended up going to oxford in the end and she's got like an honorary degree from harvard and her story is very interesting i don't know if she still identifies as mormon or not but yeah you're um, telling like it didn't come out and say she didn't right like i i know she, i would assume she's still a believer in god and has, still has a relation uh, like an idea of creation and god you know but I don't know if she practices. I need to look more into it. Um, right. But I remember you really liked it when you were reading it. Yeah. And her mom has like a very successful herbal and oil based medicine company because they don't go to hospitals like they she was didn't have a birth certificate until she was nine. Um, so like her mom did everything natural healing off of herbs. and stuff. So that book was really, really interesting. And it did make me want to read more nonfiction as well. So I would agree with that. Um I really want to finish, obviously, the Darkest Shade of Magic series, but I also want to read this other series called The Diviners, and it's set in, like, 1920s, um, and this girl has, like, she can see things and, or she can touch things and see a history or something, like, so it somehow becomes, like, a crime, like, an investigative thriller story i haven't read it so i don't really know can't really right. talk about it like i know it but it sounds really good and i've heard really good reviews so after i finish this series that will be the next one i probably want to start well cool yeah so i love books they're they're always there for you they look good on shelves i like unlike me i'm locked in this room <laughs> making beats well, I have another bookcase that is in another room that houses all my favorite books. Yeah, but we have we're getting quite the bookcase collection going. We have on. three. Well, technically, we have four, but only three have actual books on them. Yeah, and the fourth one, I'm sure, will eventually. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think this wasn't horrible. I know sometimes you want to come on the podcast, or I'll hint at it, and then I find someone else because I just uh-huh. I don't know if. Uh-huh. Well, we tried it one time and we weren't any good. And so after that, I'm like kind of against it. But I think, and I haven't listened back yet, I don't think it was horrible. Well, I hope you don't have too much of a pain in the ass mixing this down. We'll see. I mean, it can't be worse than Chris. Chris is the worst. <laughs> Curtis, I think, is second worst. And everyone else is all right, I guess, for the most part. Um, I plan, <laughs> fingers crossed, Next week to have another new co-host. I've been hitting him up. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll see. If so, we might do a top five list, but that's nice. just a, a hint. No guarantees. Well, I hope that works out. And then on this beat that I'm going to play at the end of this episode is one that when Curtis was on, um, if anyone remembers this back in the day, I pulled up Facebook and had the Facebook woman say my name to pronounce it. <laughs> and then I took that noise and reversed it and then made a beat out of it. So if you listen to the back, the end beat of this in reverse, you'll just hear my name over and over again. Um, Subliminal messaging. Yep. So anyway, um, and then next week we'll have one more beat from my, before all my beat shit crashed. 
<laughs> and then we will be on to any new beats that I've made. If anyone's really keeping track of that or cares. All right. You got anything else to say? I will probably be back in another three to four months. I would love to do a Christmas special. I did that last year on the other podcast. Uh, yeah. I mean, Pow-Wow. what would you want to talk about? Um, Last time we did top five Christmas movies. So we could mix it up and do like top five favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> okay. I could try. I don't, you know, I, I'm a very ball humbug person. He is, but he tried so hard on the lights. <laughs> and I, I try to, uh, pretend to like Christmas for your sake because you like it, but it would be pretty hard for me to come up with five Christmas songs, but. We could try. I see. If you really it want would be to. hard for me because one, there are so many to choose from, but also certain. I I would get very specific down. Like my reasons are probably based on artists. Like there are certain Christmas songs that are only good if they are sung by a certain artist. All I know is that Mariah Carey song. It's about the only one in my yeah, head at the that, moment. Yeah, that modern one. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll it came see. Came out on Love Actually. We could also. I remember last year thinking we oh, a fun that. top five list for Christmas would be top five favorite Christmas gifts. Oh, see, yeah, I'd go hard on like, that too. That you've had, you that's, know, received throughout your your life, but I don't. Much more personal. Give us a lot more insight into who. who right. So, whenever that time comes, and maybe Snappy can even do that one because me and him struggle to come up with things we could both do. But yeah, that, when you're hearing that. the Snappy, we'll we'll. we'll Mark it on the schedule for now. And Sweet. um So if that happens, guys, I might be back. You might be back sooner than your four months. <laughs> All right, well thanks for coming on. Anytime. All right, peace. peace. <laughs>